Hi, and welcome to episode four of the Markeisha Hall podcast. I thank you so much for joining us. Today we have a special and our first interview for the podcast with Gabriella Wright. She has two wonderful boys that are both on the spectrum, and she's here to drop some mom gems on us today. So I hope that you're ready for this. So I'm going to give her a chance to go ahead and introduce herself and just tell us a little bit about you and, and the boys. All right. Um, as she said, I think we've been friends almost 10 years now. Um, and yes, uh, you were <laughs> my son's preschool teacher, but we also uh, knew through church and so forth yeah. and preschool class there. Uh, I think your little one that's not so little anymore was in my class. Um, okay. But I have two boys. Um, I have Jordan, who's 15, and Isaiah, who is 11. And actually, both of my boys are on the spectrum. My eldest was diagnosed at two years old and at that time was severe. And now he is moderate and mild moderate, actually. And then my Isaiah was diagnosed at about two, two and a half. Um, and he is mild moderate. Oh. Yeah. There and Jordan's and we were Jordan one and Jordan. That's right. <laughs> so um Jordan um got diagnosed at two and a half, you said, right? Oh, at two. At two. At two. Yeah. So we have a lot of um new parents that are just at, at that point right now. So talk about a little bit about the the diagnosis and that was a little while ago. Is Jordan's gonna be seven? He'll be sixteen this coming March. So sixteen. Yeah. So yeah. it was different back then. I was, I was already starting the process. Um so whew, all I can do is breathe on this one. Um this one is my uh I should say my uh <laughs> the one I earned stripes with. Um At this time, uh, I would say 14 years ago, it was um, for us, we saw a regression in Jordan. And um, I'm not sure if you want me to talk about where that occurred or how it occurred. Um, oh, pardon? I said it's Jordan. Uh, okay. Um, Jordan had his um, two year shots, um, and within 30 days, regressed back from two years old to a seven month baby level, um, lost all mobility, walking, talking, eating everything. Um, but we won't discuss the whole vaccination <laughs> um, issue and so forth. But I know for us in particular, this is where we saw the major change in him. He was developing, he was already reading. He was an only child. He was an only grandchild. So all we had was time on our hands to work with this kid. So he was already ahead of the game. Um, so, yeah. Um, all I knew was something wasn't right. This kid from the time he woke up to the time he went to sleep was crying constantly. Um, couldn't say anything to me. Couldn't tell me anything. And, you know, I started seeing the changes and called his pediatrician right away. And I mean, instantly she goes, I think your son's autistic. And that was the first term or first time I heard the term autistic. 
and had no clue. I mean, I knew it was something that was like a terminal illness that, you know, something my child's going to pass from, um, but had no clue. Right. What right. what this meant, what I was about to embark on. Um, but yes, it, I just remember sitting there crying my eyes out, wondering what the heck does this mean? Right. What does that mean? And I think that's what is very stressful um, for all, all parents, I'm pretty sure, is that hearing that and then it's just like, your child is autistic. Bye. <laughs> Exactly. That's how it exactly. feels. That's what it feels like. It's like, what do yeah. I do, and where do I go? Yeah, you know, you know, and I, I kept joking as time ended up going on. I would say about two years in, after things were kind of falling into place, but I always said, if I had time on my hands, haha, um, I would write a book called Autism for Dummies. Mm-hmm. You know, not that we're dumb, but. Right. Nobody, like you say, they tell you and it's like, great, your child's autistic. And you're like, okay. And you're just trying to absorb that in. But nobody says, and here you go. Here's the first three steps of what you should look into. Nobody says that to you. And so that's where, you know, it makes a difference of, where do you want to go with your child's future? Mm-hmm. Really? Um, and do you want to just, oh, well, this is how it is and just carry on or let's challenge it. Let's see, can I make a difference in this kid's life regardless? Or, you know, so of course that was the road I took and what can I do different? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that would be nice. Well, I think that, I know we met and talked more when I got Isaiah and at the time I didn't have um, Joe. And so I was like, well, there's these books, you know, thinking that it's helpful. You know, there's these books. Mom, <laughs> I'm the educator here. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. You can read and they'll help you. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember you saying like something along the lines, like I don't have time. I just told you both of my boys, <laughs> I don't have time to look like that because yeah. we're doing, I didn't get it. I get it now yeah. on the other end, back end. Um, and then when, of course, when we became friends, but when I was a teacher, I was coming from a good place, but you were like, no, no, boo-boo. <laughs> There's <laughs> time in my day to be reading these books that you, you know, when we're dealing with everyday, you know, yeah. everyday stuff. I, I always laugh. Yeah, two things I always tell people if I had a dollar for every time I had uh, an education person, an educated person, of, uh, be it a teacher, uh, a therapist, uh, whatever, tell me if you just read this book, oh, no. I'd be rich and I could be retiring on an island right now, not even having to worry about COVID. Right. Um, or, I lost my train of thought there for a sec, but I barely had enough time at that time to brush my teeth every day, let alone, oh, can I take a shower today? Because I couldn't leave my child unsupervised. 
This was a child that was a runner. Well, I mean, we had to lock down our doors, our windows, everything, because if one got open and he saw a chance, this kid would take off down the street. And I'm not a runner. I, if you looked at me, you would know I don't run. Um, you know, so I, but you know, I was just like, I don't even have time to like eat throughout the day. What makes you think I could read a darn book? You know, so I told Kiki I wasn't going to cuss today. So, yeah. So, in that, that's where I say I would love to read a book, but then, or write a book, or come up with a website of some quick bullet points of contact information, or, hey, you might want to just start with this, or, what happens now? But I'm like, who has that time to be sitting, you know, and, and like you said, Kiki, it was just like from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. at night, Jordan was in nonstop therapies and counseling and you name it, he was in it. And I felt like uh, I should have painted my minivan at that time yellow and put checkers on it on the side because I felt like a shuttle service taking my kid from at that time we lived um, in the South Bay, you know, it was going from Torrance to South Central LA to Inglewood area to where all these different therapist companies were. It wasn't all where they came to your home like they do now. And my days were just spent nonstop in the car going here, there, everywhere. And um, I, like I said, <laughs> By the time he went down to sleep, I was like, I'm done too, because I was drained. Yeah. Exactly. I forgot about that, that you went from place to place to place. It's It was different yeah. 16 years ago than kind of what we have now. Thank goodness for a lot of parents that there is in-home therapies, um, yeah. things in-home right now in California. I didn't know. Yeah. We uh, just took it to the next level for COVID. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old California. Um, so what, because we can go on a lot of ways, but I want to stop for a minute and um, say, what, what are some tips or coping strategies that are not book worthy, maybe three that you would tell a new parent that just got diagnosed um, they're feeling how you felt when you got the diagnosis, how I felt when I got the diagnosis. Um, they're getting bombarded with therapy appointments. And these are all the things that you need to do to get your child. You've been in it. Now he's 16 and we'll get to talk about some, um, some things that he's doing now. I get choked up. <laughs> I okay, really well, start because yeah, I, I, I just, they're great boys. I mean, wow. That's my, um, I told you don't start. I know. But, um, like I said, I mean, I love both my kids equally and so forth. But um, knowing where Jordan was and he was severe, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, everybody says, oh, your kid doesn't look autistic not oh, that wow. it looks a certain way right and I hate that um but if anybody knew Jordan back when he began this whole process and or we began this whole process um people have no clue mm -hmm. 
-hmm. no Mm -hmm. idea. And they're just, and those that have lived the experience with us, when they see him, they're just, they're shocked Mm -hmm. Um, They're to see how far he's come. Um, But anyway, so first few things, um, um, you'll probably see me do that a lot is breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for us, you know, you know, we're people of faith and um, a lot of praying, a lot of praying. Um, and just, I think the biggest thing that I can say to all parents out there is just you, it's very hard because we all want to jump in and I want to do everything and I want to. Uh, I'm going to take on the world because my kid can. And I think that's a natural instinct for most parents anyway, but it takes it to a whole nother level once your child's disabled. And um, you just want the, I just want my child to say, mom. Right. Dad. Mm -hmm. I love you. And Mm -hmm. it still gets me choked up and uh, to talk about it, but it's just, I remember the day sitting in, the regional center and when they finally gave me all the you know diagnosis and so forth and um and the psychologist told me you know your child's probably never gonna talk Mm. Um, your child's never gonna hug you they're Mm. never gonna say mom dad I love you and to me I was like I don't care about anything else I don't care if my kid lives with me the rest of my life but to know my child may never say, I love you, hug me, call me mom, Mm -hmm. was devastating. Mm -hmm. Um, So for us, because at that time I was married, um, we both went through two different processes with this Mm -hmm. whole diagnosis. Mm -hmm. got my tissue ready here. Um, uh, Yeah, we went through two different processes. And um, we had both heard the statistics of one married couples making it mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. special needs kids. And we were determined not to let that affect our marriage. And, and honestly, for the most part, and even to this day, even though we're uh, divorced now and so forth, our boys and their progress is our number one priority. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we co-parent amazing. Yes. Um, yes. And I always say we're better friends than we were married, <laughs> you know, but it's, we both believe in our kids development mm-hmm. and um, we just take different approaches of how we are going to work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, it was um, kind of like a death or hearing about an illness, maybe mm-hmm. something terminal, a cancer or so forth. We had to take that time and process it Mm -hmm. and, you know, go through the, all the emotions of anger and sadness and depression. And, but we chose not to stay in those spots. And it was wonderful to have that encouragement from each other to say, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, at that time, Brian would come home from work and, I mean, my eyes were swelled up and I had been crying all day. And, um, you know, Jordan had 
been biting me all day and kicking and screaming or didn't stop crying nonstop. And I don't know about you, you hear a child crying for yeah. 12 hours straight, you're ready to pull your hair out and jump off a cliff. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't have, we lived away from our family. Um, so we didn't have that quick access mm -hmm. um, to just call somebody and say, hey, can you come watch my kid? Well, now you had something on top of that. You had who's going to want to watch your kid. Right. Because they're like, oh, I don't know what to do. What do you, you know? So anyway, so biggest thing is, like I said, is go through that. It's okay yes. to be angry. Right. It's okay to cry. It's mm -hmm. okay to be sad. You got to get those emotions out. Right. You're going to be a time bomb. Mm -hmm. um, and you're not going to be beneficial to your child or any other children if you have other in your others in your home, mm -hmm. if you're just festering and keeping that all bottled in. So that's the first thing. Um, second, um, you know, I, I told Kiki, you know, I say it a lot is trusting the process, trusting the process. I've talked to students of yours and different people and um, you're not going to agree with everything every therapist says, every center, every teacher. Um, my biggest thing is nobody knows your child better than you. Absolutely. Um, especially us mama bears. Mm -hmm. Trust that instinct. Trust Absolutely. that. And, um, but also know it's not always these people are out after you to right. get. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, they mean it from a place of, <laughs> and I always laugh and say, "Well, studies show." Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Let me tell you what you do with your studies." Right. You know, and I'm like, exactly. you know, and I always tell people, "Okay, so that's you know, uh, that's your." book smarts talking right. here. How much clinical experience do you have actually working now with these right. kids hand in hand? Um, there's some things that cannot be taught in a classroom. Absolutely. Period. I agree. And, um, and I think I shared that with your students too, when they were asking about certain things, I'm like, if the kid wants to take their darn blanket and milk bottle yeah. with them, if it keeps them from screaming for yep. you for two hours, yep. let them, because yep. let me tell you, you mess up their day for two hours, Guess who gets to deal with them? The other 22. Exactly. You know? yep. So, um, so anyway, so just, um, just know the world's not out for you, but trust your instincts. Um, and probably the third biggest thing is doing something like this, get into be it back when I did, they didn't have podcasts. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> listen to some podcasts and, and I get it. Our time is, limited but while you're driving to those therapy mm -hmm. places um uh, maybe when your kids asleep listen to something um a support group if you can mm -hmm. be careful with the support group thing um, because i've been to some places that i and they could have been amazing um but I think the moderators, that's that's the key, is yeah. is it somebody that can control it? Because right. you get the people in the class that I call them the know-it-alls, 
mm-hmm. and yet they know nothing. Right. Um, and they consume the conversation and then you got nothing out of the whole con- uh, class or whatever the case yeah. may be. So trust your judgment. It may not yeah. be the first one that works for you. Maybe right. try a different one. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because through that is where I learned about programs that are out there for mm-hmm. our kids. Mm-hmm. Things I didn't know because I, um, you know, Jordan Jordan didn't potty train until, well, number one, guys, not number two. Number one did not potty train till he was seven and a half years old. Now, for normal kids, you know, they're potty trained by two years, maybe late. Now, my children are large as far as tall, (laughs) giant babies, okay? My 15 or almost 16-year-old is 6'3". So, yeah, they're tall kids. So, pull-ups, he outgrew them when he was already three. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Right. I had no clue. Oh, there's companies out there for that to get right. you diaper. That is the stuff that they need to tell us. I learned that from parents. Uh-huh. I didn't learn it in the classroom. I was mm-hmm. one of those professionals that was like, well, you know, you didn't learn that in college. And I learned quickly to um listen and invite my invite for, for teachers out there, invite the parents into the classroom. Remember we used to have yes, uh, family yes. day. <laughs> yes, And that's where I got all my great info. It just wasn't in yes. the book. And I did teach a course at Cal state San Bernardino and had Gabriella come speak the, the uh, student teachers that were in there say that it was one of the best. They still remember it. Someone actually texted me earlier this year that, that it helped them connect with their parents, like see it differently. Because in school, it teaches you a, a certain way. But when you get in that classroom, it's different. And when you hear from the parents, you're like, what? What do you mean he's been crying all day? Yeah. What? He was great for me. Yep. <laughs> for three hours, I had him. I've never seen that. What are you talking about? Oh, man. Yeah. And I'm getting that on the other side now. Mm-hmm. The teachers are saying, well, we don't see that. Not in a negative way. They just didn't see it. And I was like, well, when we hit the off button on Zoom and we have to, we're dysregulated for the rest of the day. And uh-huh. everything else that we had planned is taken off. Then it, it's so, it's so different. So I would just invite them to don't be afraid. The parent parents aren't there to be like, ooh, they're not doing what they aren't doing for my kids. When I invited my parents into the classroom, I wanted to see how, what they interacted with. What were their goals outside of the IEP? I want to hear him say, mama, I can feel that because I have my other three. And that's just something, you know, we take for granted. That we get that took for granted. Like, and um, I want to hear those things. Like, what do you mean you can't go to Target? Like, I just hop in my car and go to Target with all three of the giants. Uh, before <laughs> Joe, what do you mean you can't? What do you mean you don't go to, what do you mean you don't have a baby? Just, oh, what do you mean you don't go on date night? Like just the thing that I said. <laughs> What's that? Was like, <laughs> What's a date? Well, who's going to watch him? I was like, well, you just, you know, the teenager down the street. That's, you know, wow. So many things that um, I feel like um, I loved 
I love my students when I when I was in the classroom and the parents, but I learned so much when I talked to you guys outside of the IEP and when we had family day. That's really when you like you said that information about the diapers. That's a big deal in the special needs community. Like I see that a lot on the boards. I get that a lot in the DMs, potty training and they don't tell you that when they get the diagnosis. Hey, they may not <laughs> tell you what they're not going to do. Well, they're not going to potty train until they but they don't tell you, well, when they're not potty trained by this age and they grow out of the diapers, your insurance can pay for the diapers, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I learned that from parents and yeah. and I encourage and, all, parents, all teachers to and I and I think that's that's the hard part is the bureaucracy of if you want to say from school districts to regional centers to the state to social security to any agency that's out there, I will just tell you parents right now, they have this wonderful hidden little rule of we can't really tell them what's out there unless they ask for it. Well, how would you know what to ask for if you didn't know it's available? So that's how I found out about the diapers. And I remember I was in a, uh, like a buyback shop, like a kid's buyback. I can't remember. Apple orchard used to be one of them and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. because I had given away all of Jordan's learning tools and books and stuff up until he was two, because I was like, Oh, I don't need these anymore. He, he knows how to do this and that. Da, da, da. I now had to go rebuy toys to reteach him how, you know, his fine motor skills and, uh, you know, all these things. Well, and that's another podcast is acronyms. Right. And all these wonderful <laughs> words. Oh, right. fine motor skills and gross motor skills and this and that. And I was like, huh? You know, right. so, um, but it was just, jump all in, mm-hmm. jump all in. I mean, just, I don't know. I just said, I'm going to become a sponge. I really mm-hmm. am. And there was none of this. Oh, let me just let the speech therapist take my kid in the room. Mm-hmm. And well, first of all, I'm very protective of my kids, but I was just like, no, I want to see what they're doing. Right. So I was fortunate. Our first speech therapist, she was amazing. I still am in contact with her and she just, I would just watch her and, you know, and whatever, trying to teach, um, let's say, um, colors, you know, and she'd be like red and she'd be like, red. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what I have to do now in teaching him words. Um, And then it was like in her little room, she, I mean, it was so small. She had all these diagrams on the walls and Velcro things and giving him something red and said, which one's red, you know, and then he started the the visuals. Right. And I was like, I can do this. And that's where I say, Oh, I can take on the world. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to, yeah, my spare time, haha, you know, husband (laughs) came home, ran off to Staples or office Depot. I'm going to buy a laminator and I'm going to buy construction paper. And, Oh, I can print out pictures from the computer. And I'm up till three in the morning making a visual board. My house looked like Sesame Street, a preschool care center up until Jordan was eight years old. And yeah, you know, has nothing on me in my decorating. Yeah. So, um, but I saw him engage. Right. Um, 
may not have been verbally, but it was just, I could get him to like show some interest. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just pay attention to those therapy sessions, sit in them, ask questions. And if they don't want you to ask questions, you shouldn't be there. Right. Because anybody who doesn't want you asking questions, and we could go down this road because you know me yes. geeking IEPs, that's a whole nother ballgame. Yes. Um, ask questions. Guess what? I, I always say, I carried this kid for nine months. I'm the mom. I'm mm-hmm. going to ask questions. You don't pay his bills. You don't feed him, clothe him, what have you. Ask the questions. Right. And after um, this year, you'll be, you know, when he finishes with your portion of what you do, you're going to go on and I'm still going to be here as the mama. So yeah. 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 Tell me all you want, how rough your life is for 45 minutes in a session or four or five hours with school. Uh, but I get them all the other times. So um, yeah. So just uh, ask, ask questions and don't feel that you're being bothersome or dumb. And um I always joke. I laugh. I don't care what people say, but I I knew I walked into that office. Hi, Mrs. Wright. Hmm. I didn't care. Right. (laughs) You're right. You say you want parents to be involved in their kid's life. Well, you got it. (laughs) Here you are. I actually um, feel like parents in, in general, it's kind of rare that they're like, um, feel comfortable to ask the questions. I feel like once the diagnosis happens, then it's like, well, you need to go talk to Dr. So-and-so and and psychologist so-and-so. And and these people have um, commas and uh, initials behind their names. And I think we are, like we talked about, I was like, well, you as a parent have the most important initials, M-O-M or D-A-D. And I was going to say at the end of my name, next one, I'm going to put comma M-O-M. Yes. M-O-M. And it's, I guess it can be um, intimidating to, um, especially if, if it's your first child and they're just first going into school and then they've been diagnosed with a disability also, that I could see where that could be in, intimidating. But I'm encouraging parents that are listening to this to ask the questions. Like you, you have the right to ask the questions. And I don't feel like that's told to parents enough because it's not negative. Right. I want, it's your baby. <laughs> it doesn't have to be negative or combative. I know that when skipping around to I, I, Isaiah on RIP, I was I was warned about you, Gabriella. Your reputation preceded you. And I was like, I love I loved it. My first IEP. One of those moms. It was that mom. She's like, well, you know, you better have your I's dotted and your T's crossed. She's got binders. She has (laughs) reminders. She's got stickers. She's got highlighters. She's coming. And I was like, I love it because that's how I am with my kids. And that's how I treated all of my students. It's like, if that was my baby, I didn't care if they were not potty trained when they were when they say they're supposed to, I don't care if they're not talking. I don't care if they're right. in a wheelchair. I don't want nobody to, I want them to treat them like the child that they are. And I want to hear yeah. what I'm going to ask the questions. So we were always encouraged, encouraging that. And you were very, <laughs> very put together, but they were, the district was very scared of you. <laughs> I'm so 
excited to hear that. I mean, um, I think it's funny because you know what? There wasn't much in those binders, but that was something I heard mm -hmm. in a support group. Okay. And somebody kind of said that to me and they're like, just keep all your paperwork in these binders mm -hmm. because you're going to get inundated with paperwork. And I was like, yeah, right. How much am I going to really get? And I'm like, I can't tell you how many binders I now have for Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, and long story short, there was a time that we went through something with a school district. And I remember when I requested every single one of his records, three boxes came to my house. Oh, wow. Yeah. By the way, parents, that is a right of yours. And I encourage you, if you have lost a document, if you have misplaced a document, it is totally your right to ask the school for your child's educational records and they will be able to provide those for you. Um, yeah, you might be going through a move or you might not have started a binder. It's never too late to start. You can request and you can get all of your records from the school district. Yeah. Three boxes full, huh? Yeah. Three that boxes full. And that was, he was in sixth grade and seventh grade. So that was, a few years back. So I could imagine what it is now. Um, but I just, um, yeah, when I started, they said, even just take a laptop, open it up, act mm -hmm. like you're typing. And half the time I was just like, I can't stand really? this. I've known this information. A lot of, um, yeah. I would take my own little notes somewhat, but, um, uh, for the longest time, there wasn't much in that binder, or it looked like there was stuff in there, but it wasn't. Well, you yeah. know, Miss Mama, she got her binders, and just be, you know, be careful about kind of what you say. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, you know, Kiki. Like you say, they could have the no, you know, not disrespecting people that have degrees and so forth. They think education is wonderful. Um, you know, you could have an MA, a PhD and da, 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 da. But bottom line is, is you put your pants on the same way I do. Yeah. And um, you are not better than me because you have 12 credentials hanging on your wall. No. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I do remember um uh, a, uh, should I say the person over the entire uh, special education department scolded me in one meeting telling me that I couldn't write notes or whisper to somebody that I had brought to a meeting. And I checked her real quick and said, last I checked, you're not my mother. And second, I said, if you could all meet right. before I come into this room and have your powwow, Mm -hmm. I'm entitled to talk to my persons. And I said, and on that note, I'd like to take a break so I could go can talk. Yeah. With Which is totally in your rights to right. out there. You are welcome to bring anyone you would like to, to the IEP meeting. And it, you can ask for request a break. Yeah. Uh, you can request a break. You can reconvene. You have those, um, you have those rights as a parent. And I think, We'll talk about that in the next. We have a couple of podcast episodes is understanding what those rights are and that it's not it's not anything 
negative to um, stand up for your rights. That's not a negative thing. I feel like, um, I don't want to say they and them, but I feel like they make you feel like it's a negative. Like, like when they, as I'm putting my teacher hat on, when there was a parent that was well-versed in their rights, we're not even talking to getting an advocate. I'm talking about just a parent coming Mm -hmm. in, but they know that that parent knows a little bit more than the average parent. We have meeting, you know, we have talks about them before, like to make sure it shouldn't be something intimidating. I feel like everyone at the table should know what their rights are. Cause as teachers, we knew yeah. what, what it was. We knew what your rights were. Cause we have to say, Hey, these are your rights. Do you want us to read to them? Lots of parents skip over that. No, we don't want to at least get a good understanding of what those are. Have yeah. them go through your procedural safeguards with you. So you get a good grasp and have an equal part at the table. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Yeah, we'll have to talk about IEPs because, you know, parents, I, I the biggest thing I could say is laugh. You have to laugh at this. And, and now I can say this. I know when I was in the trenches, it really wasn't a laughing matter. Um, you know, Markeisha or Kiki knew. I mean, I'd post on Facebook, oh, my God, I'm preparing for an IEP or let's see how long this one's going to take. And I remember down the road another time um, when we had to get more serious with the school district and so forth. Um, one of the meetings I remember walking in and they had assigned seating and they were like, oh, Mrs. Wright, you're going to sit there and your ABA supervisor is going to sit over there because they didn't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I that's who I had invited. Um, and I said. Are we in second grade? Mm-hmm. I said, hey, I'm going to sit where I feel comfortable. I have my computer. I have my books. I need more room. Yes. And they yeah. were like, well, this is how we're going to do it. Okay. Then we'll postpone till mm-hmm. I said, this isn't. And, and, you know, like you said, we, this is a whole nother subject matter about IEPs and so forth. Um, but I, I, I know as a parent, you know, it's um, <laughs> it, it does as much as we are a team and I'm mm-hmm. like, no, it's us versus you. Okay, let's just set that straight until you finally men. I think once you get that administrator that wants to work with you, um, that administrator that sees your passion for your child and understands you're, you're, you're not here. It's not about, I get it from the school district and it's about money. Mm-hmm. I right. said it. Um and it's a rarity that, and usually it's the teachers that have the passion for the kids mm-hmm. and the child. And, you know, like I said, I remember walking into an IEP um, when we, this was in kinder, that was another incident. And there were 12 people on their side. Wow. wow. And, and you. <laughs> And literally, they sat the room that way. It was room, them mm-hmm. and one chair for me. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, I mean, you know me, I'm not really scared of it. I mean, for those that don't know, I um, I do human resources for a living. So all I do is interviews and so forth. So to me, I was like, bring it. I'm not scared, you know. 
But I can't say all of you will have that same experience or uh, expertise. Um, And do not get me wrong. I was scared. (laughs) I said I'm not going to cuss. I was scared beyond all get out. There we go. Um, There we go. And because I was just like, oh, my gosh. I mean what is this? I mean, am I like going before the parole board? I mean, it was like, so it instantly put up that wall and Mm -hmm. uh, us versus you instead of us working together. Then I was getting frustrated with, I'm sorry, who's the parent here? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's it's what we recommend. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't care what you recommend. This is my kid. And so, like you say, that's a whole nother podcast. uh, (laughs) I getting in how to play nice in the playground with the administrators and teachers and everybody else that's involved um, to get what you need. And then also when you have to play hardball and. Yep. Mm -hmm. We have to play hardball. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're talking all the way to the court, but it means that you are asking the questions and that you're saying, no, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't sound right. Even if you don't know the, technical terms of the things, right. if it doesn't sound right or feel right, get clarification, like get yeah. clarification on that thing um, so that you can make the best choice for your, for your kiddo. Yeah. You know, and, and, and parents out there, it's just, you know, like you say, some of us have more of a leg up or, um, you know, I, I always say this, what if it's a single parent? Mm-hmm. What if it's something mm-hmm. that doesn't speak the language mm-hmm. um, in this country, whatever it is, um, that language barrier and to yeah. hear all this terminology and this and that and to feel this intimidation. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you all, but in school, I was always taught the only stupid question asked is one that is not asked. Mm-hmm. And it's OK. And yeah. you know what? That IEP takes an hour because you have 20 questions right. and they can't hurry up, get it done. And, oh, well, we only have a substitute for this long and this, not my problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Then maybe we need to book another date then yes. because I have more questions. Mm-hmm. That's not, that is your right parents. And, you know, so it's just ask those questions because you know what? I didn't have all the answers. Right. And it, that's all I did. I just said, well, how come this? Mm-hmm. Well, how come that? How right. come this? How come yeah. that? And that's probably why I was known in the school district when I came in, you know, but um, I, I don't care. It's my right. child. And if you, you know, we all love our children. Right. And, you know, if somebody says that uh, your child could win a million dollars tomorrow, doesn't say anything about how or why. Mm-hmm. I bet you're going to ask questions about, well, how? Right. How can we do this? Mm-hmm. The name is. Same thing. Right. And I think that um, what I always appreciated about you and several of my parents is that you were so open. But I I feel like teachers out there, um, it was an intimidating process as a teacher also, because you're like, it's so legal. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want especially teachers. Teachers get into teaching because, well, most of them because they love kids. And so. To, to know, um, but me and Dre were talking about this on the last episode, is that the district is a business. School is a business. Everyone knows that. It's not a joke. All our kids, the ADA money is for attendance and mm-hmm. we'll go down that <laughs> road. 
So how, how much people, dollars per day do they get right. per student? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's why and they call you and say, your kid yep. yeah. And if it's a special education, then they get extra monies. Yes. Um, I think I, last I checked, it's, I mean, I think for regular kids, isn't it like $88 or $87 per day per student or something like that? Yeah. yeah. So, so parents are not just calling because they really care about if your child's sick or not and you stay at home. Right. They want their money. <laughs> business um but our kids aren't little commodities so we have to but we have to go into that's the structure of the public school system here in america so that so as parents we need to level the playing field by knowing what your rights are and really building relationships that's what i feel like it comes down to i feel that it's my um, job as a parent to let them know what our expectations are outside of the just the IEP because, you know, you can't have 55 goals. Well, I guess technically you can have 55 goals, but that's... This might not all be addressed at once. Right. Yeah. I, uh, so if your child has like three goals, that's not the only thing that you will work on. I want to know, I wanted to know as a parent, like, what is his favorite foods? What do you guys cook at home? What does it look like? Who who are their siblings? So that we can, um, do they have dogs? <laughs> I wanted to know the whole picture because I wanted to feel like, well, not feel like, it's the whole family. And that comes into when you're talking about a goal or you're talking about um, your goal, your um, future for your child, then I can picture, you know, you can picture that. You'd be like, oh, they're playing with Lola. Oh, they have Jordan and they have siblings and you want them to maybe play together. What do you mean they didn't get invited to a birthday party? You know, things that I wouldn't think about that aren't in the book, you know? And so Ooh, I, know. I know that's a whole nother thing. You kind of said that uh, Kiki about things that happen um, when your child's first diagnosed and, um, I'm going to tell you, parents, it, it, it can be a lonely road. Mm-hmm. And we lost a lot of friends and mm-hmm. a lot of family mm-hmm. when they heard about our son. Mm-hmm. And some have come back around, some haven't. Um, and a lot of it is just know it's the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, a lot of people, just like when they see an adult or a child in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. um, somebody with Down syndrome or whatever it is, whatever the disability may be, um, it's just not knowing and understanding and them being afraid to ask the question sometimes. And then you could also get on the flip side, the mean, the right. hurtful right. comments and so forth about your child or children. Um, Like I said, trust the process because some may come full circle and come back around um, and just keep focusing on your child because it's going to be the first of many hurts and obstacles you're going to come into. And that's what I was saying to Kiki about, um, that brought tears to my eyes again (laughs) was um, your child being left out from being invited to things Mm -hmm. like birthday parties. Mm -hmm. Um, 
on the playground, nobody asking your child to mm -hmm. play. Um, and those are all things that we may take for granted um, right. in our normal world. And I think that's one thing that, you know, we connected on because from day one, you always taught your three kids because you worked in that field um, about how to be around other kids that were different or special, you know, and I think that's where our two Jordans hit it yeah. off, Jordan 1 and Jordan 2, and it was so cute because my Jordan was like a whole head taller than yours, but yet they were buddies and yeah, it was just yeah. like, he didn't care. He just, Jordan's Jordan. Yeah. If Jordan wanted to be goofy one day and just is talking to himself and he would just right. talk to him like, what are you talking about, Jordan? Mm -hmm. You know, and it just, um, and I think if our, our world in general was like that of just, yeah. I, I always say we're all on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I won't cuss again. Um, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> we're all on the spectrum. Really, we are. It's just like nobody does anything the same way. We're all unique. We're all different. Um, but how we adapt to all that is a whole nother thing. So just um, don't get discouraged, parents. I, like I said, I, I still go through it. And like I said, I've been at this 14 years and there are still things that people can say or do that crush me. And um, when you guys will tell me that I... I just would believe that family members, aunts, uncles, grandparents, friends that you had would would say that about. I mean, I hear that. I hear that a lot. I didn't hear that, however, when I was going through my courses in special education, that wasn't a part of the conversation. But that's that's and, and, and even in um in certain cultures, I mean, I remember and that was something I had learned in a, one of my support classes is hearing some parents say, um, culturally, you know, maybe their child was considered in their culture to be possessed mm -hmm. or, you know, and, and again, it's, it's just, it's not people being educated or trusting the old ways. And, you know, it, we all do it like, well, mom mm -hmm. said do it like this. And so we do it like this. And it right. just, it's, years after years, decades after decades of traditions being carried forward or uh, just cultural um, things and so forth. Or, um, And you know, one of the biggest support things, usually I would cry the first mile of it, but the biggest, um, should I say encouragement and support and damn, it's been a good year for me kind of deal was for me, leave out of it donations anything like that but going to like an autism walk mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you're walking with other parents that are in the same journey as you you're on a three and a half mile walk you're going to bump into other parents that are going to share their experience maybe share these ideas about diapering or this you know therapist or this company or this worked or these ideas um and like I say, usually for the first mile, I'm crying because one, it's the reality of seeing how many kids are affected by this. Mm -hmm. um, and the other is the accomplishment that my child has made in a year. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you see other kids, um, 
and their behaviors or how they're acting. And you look at it and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. mine used to do that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do that no more. Right. Mine used to this, but doesn't anymore. Right. Or the encouragement of now I see other kids and where they are. And I'm like, if he could do that, I bet you I could show my kid how to do that. Um, so, yeah, just. Um, I don't know. There, there was a lot of your kid will never. Right. Well, tell, well, tell us what is Mr. Jordan doing? We're in a, we're rounding out to almost an hour now. I know that we could go on forever and ever and ever. Um, <laughs> but they did tell you um, they, that he wasn't going to do a whole bunch of things. Now he's going to be 16. What is Mr. Jordan doing now? Mr. 6'3", sophomore. He's my gentle giant. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he is a sophomore now. Um, this kid is now in mild, moderate um, classes on the high school campus when it's in, in session, uh, but is actually adapting really well. He actually really likes homeschooling. Right now, he's asking me to stay in it, but he's the one that doesn't want to socially interact. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, school goes back in session. You're going back. Like, right. you, you need to socially interact. Um, but um, this kid amazes me. He amazes me every day. I mean, like I said, he's my general. Or something? Yes, I, I was going to get, yeah. He, um, uh, I, Real backing up real quick, Jordan's always been a BC kind of student. And uh, at the end of last year and stuff, granted, it was all hands on here at home. And teachers are just like, oh, Jordan's the only kid that's here every day. And I'm like, what? Like, mm-hmm. what else do I have to be doing at home right now? I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. of course he's going to be at online. Mm-hmm. And I know it's difficult. Some days are better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know Kiki knows. I always say I'm a mean mom. And I'm like, no, if mommy has to be here, you got to be here. Come on. We're going to do this together. But um, I'm beyond ecstatic to say um, at the end of last year was the first time ever in Jordan history. Jordan achieved straight A's. um, Never. Like I said, I never thought I would kind of see that day. So, of course, you know over the moon. Um, and like I said, I'll post everything and anything on social media. And some people are probably like, and, mm-hmm. but if they knew where we came from, they would understand. Right. Um, and then at the beginning of this year, um, they choose a student of the month for each grade level at his high school, you know, whatever the school is, what, 4,000 or 4,500 kids. Mm-hmm. And Jordan got sophomore student of the month um and his teachers were just like this kid is always there even on vacation (laughs) you know we we take that laptop and he's sitting poolside but he's doing his schoolwork and right now he's going through finals and every day mom I I did this other assignment. I met with my teacher because I noticed I had one missing assignment and and I did it and um he says if I do this he'll my grade will change to an a oh my gosh jordan has all a's again one b and we're fighting that because of the p.e. Mm -hmm. really 
Yeah, that's a whole nother issue. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, But I mean, he now wants it. It's Mm -hmm. not mom pushing him to it. Okay, maybe dad gave him a little incentive in the background, like, hey, do this. Maybe we'll think about a cell phone. You know, so yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, you know, but if that's the reward, like I say, parents, the rewarding for our kids just gets bigger and more expensive. But, um, you know, yeah, gone are the days of just a package of gummy bears. He, he can still be bribed with some French fries. So okay, yeah, he was like, "That's French fries." But you know, parents, it's 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 different to see the development. I just I get so excited. Um, you know, for them to tell you your child's never going to talk, mm-hmm. say I love you, call you mom, call you dad. Your child may never get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to proms. Go to experience life the way we as typical mm-hmm. people experience life um to know love mm-hmm. to have children of their own and it's so inspiring for me to see now jordan he thinks he's gonna marry beyonce oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, my son has high aspirations but um it's so cute to see him engage in this Typical teenager hood, Mm -hmm. uh, boy antics of, ooh, she's pretty. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) that's wrong with his eyesight. She's beautiful, you know, whether, you know, boy, girl, I don't care what that he's feeling. I tell them all the time. They always know. I'm always like, I love you. I know, mom. And I'm like, what are you going to do if I never tell you again? And they're like, mom, really? When we have our own kids and you have grandkids, you could tell them all the time. Mm-hmm. And it just, it right. made me stop. Like, he understands right. it could happen. Or, yeah. I mean, whether he does or he doesn't. Um, But it's just... um. The conversation about it feels, yeah. Tip what we say is typical, but you know, some people say, "Really, want your kid to talk back?" My kids don't talk back. Trust me, (laughs) that was the having to have the last word or the mom. But I don't want. Do I got it? You know that I embrace that because it was a time. My kid couldn't even walk mm-hmm. or, you know, say these things. And right. so, and I'll just look and I'll be like, really, Jordan? Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, I know. That's right. my job. We all have a job here in the house. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Inside, you're like, was that a little teenage sass? <laughs> and yes. And, and you're kind of excited about it, which right. most people wouldn't be. Um, At least we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just have to have the last word. I know, but yeah, you said no. I remember Josiah when we were like, "Do you something, something?" And he was like, "No." We were like, "Did you?" But yay! But no, <laughs> don't don't tell mommy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not good. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's a uh, yeah. It's rewarding, just completely rewarding. And like I say, I um, I'm not sure. Was it you? I was telling about the day Jordan turned. Or becomes a senior, the picture I want to take. I don't know. I told his 
his elementary teacher, I was telling her, um, parents, you could take my idea, but I'm patenting it. <laughs> my goal is, well, obviously, Jordan is going to graduate. There is no if, ands, or buts in my mind. He will graduate, and I'll probably be mascara running down the face the whole right. time. Okay. Um, because those were things that I was told he won't do. And anybody that knows that has sat in an IEP with me knows how much more, what do we have to do for him to graduate? What's left for him? What else do we need to do? My son is going to graduate. Mm -hmm. um, so that is my one and only goal. Um, but my idea is we all take senior pictures. I don't know how I'm going to finagle this, but every therapist, teacher, um, person of support that has walked with Jordan in this journey. I want to do a huge group shot to where Jordan's in the middle and he's surrounded by all these people. Yeah, because I thought it's not just mom and dad or Nana or brother that helped encourage it. It's been a village and um, I'm not going to say they were all positive and those people won't be invited for the picture most likely, <laughs> but um, there have been some really, really strong um, supports that have come along on this journey. Um, but I, I just want to remember that. that. Yeah. So it, you, know, it'll be, you know, you're in on the picture. Start making notes for Joe's therapist. Uh -huh. I mean, when he graduated from PT, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's all I mean, it, things that I definitely took for granted having neurotypical kids and then having Joe, like just everyday things, like just walking. He would just bump his head, like it wasn't the, he wasn't yeah. able to. How, how how his body was in space. He didn't know how to do those types of things. And now, like when he just did a thumbs up, he's not be able to do that. And he had to work on that. Like all those little things that I definitely took for granted. Well, I just really didn't think about. And I want naturally right the podcast to also reach others because I feel like we can't do this um, alone. The reason why I got to be more and more inclusive is because I invited my parents in and you guys let, let me in. So you would tell me stuff that I just, you just won't know. You won't know it from the books. You won't know it if you talk to, you have to talk to a special needs parent and you have to be willing to, to listen and invite and just invite them in. Then you would have a different take on, I never thought about the birthday parties. You know, because my kids got invited to the birthday parties. I never thought about, well, until I talked to you guys in the classroom, well, they do play well together in class. But at the time, I taught Mod Severe. So a lot of the students weren't speaking, but they did play together in class. But they couldn't come home and say, hey, mom, I really enjoy playing with Isaiah today. Can you invite him over for a play date? So I was like, well, how are we going to make these connections happen? It more students, kids, parents, teachers that do have neuro, neurotypical kids have to get involved. Like it's my mission 
to just hear more stories and see that it's not a scary thing. They can hang out and be friends. Just, just you can learn different things like your, about your friends. Um, even if you was like Aiden has his friends over sometimes and he's downstairs and they're upstairs. We're like, what well, <laughs> is such and such still here? Yeah, they're still here. Yeah. They're just taking the, so it doesn't just have to be like a kid that might have autism. Like I need to take a break. They could just be in the same space and be friends and they get to know each other and different personalities. And it could be such a great thing. Like Jordan one and Jordan two are, hilarious <laughs> together <laughs> had so many things in common despite um they just have things in common not despite anything it's really that's how you become friends with people you have things in common with them we're not going to see a hundred percent eye to eye that's yeah. what makes us yeah that's what makes you like i have my friends that i can go have margaritas with and i have my friends that we might go to the bookstore with i don't know it doesn't, you know, they have, they have, I would say have wine there too. Yeah. Wine, margaritas, all yeah. whatever. <laughs> so I feel like we need to be talking about inclusion more and what that looks like. I think we talk about it, but we're talking about things that mean more than past the IEP goals. Like we're talking about birthday parties. We're talking about it. Hey girl, can I call you at one o'clock in the morning? Um, I haven't slept the things that you said that you didn't have supports with. Um, you know, that's not going to come unless you it's out there. More people, more neurotypical people are able to tap into that and say, Hey, I can, Hey, I want to. And like we say, parents, you know, this is not, <laughs> trust me, I didn't have, should I say a social life <laughs> for many years. And, and and that's okay. Just like I say, trust the process to know it's going to come. It's going to be in baby steps. It's not going to be on the fast track of what we all thought. Um, somebody said something to me in a in one of a, a group I did over at Cal State San Bernardino. And I remember seeing a dad just break down. He was a single father with a child on the spectrum and then he had a, a neurotypical child and this man just broke down like a baby and just, I'm so mad. Why is this happening? And, you know, and just what he was experiencing and just the frustrations and what we go through and so forth. And the moderator of the group, she had a son that was, I think, 32 years old, autistic. So mm -hmm. she came from a world where she didn't even have half the resources we all have now. Okay. And she said something really profound that has always stuck to me. And she said, you know, we could discount everything our child may not experience. They may not know love. They may not have a wife, a husband, uh, children, depending on their severity or, or where they go in life. But they said, look at some of the positives of mm -hmm. things that our kids are not going to be faced with because of their uniqueness. Mm -hmm. Most drug dealers are not going to hit up your child to be somebody to help them out selling drugs because they're so <laughs> honest right, and right. they're so literal. They aren't going to yeah. want one of our kids for that. Right. So the 
the chances of your child going into selling drugs or doing going down that road probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you are probably not going to have to worry as much about maybe your child getting a girl pregnant or dealing with all the hormonal stuff right. that goes on as teenagers because they're just so closed in or they're not socially out there like mm-hmm. typical kids. So let me tell you, I sleep real good at night knowing whew, I got a 16 year old and I don't have to worry about, Oh my gosh, am I going to find condoms in his room or this? You know, I mean, so that's a whole nother subject. Yeah. You know, we, we'll get into that, but um, I don't either. That but is a thing. The teenager, adult. just things that you know what? <sighs> Maybe I don't have it so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, this whole lockdown thing. Yes, it's um, you know hard some days or what have you. But for the most part, we kind of can count our blessings because our kids aren't socially, uh, you know, with others. The hard part is maybe sitting and attending to a computer for six hours. Right. I get it. Um, mine are kind of okay because mm-hmm. guess what? They're not the typical teenagers or young kids that are, you know, I mean, and nothing's wrong with it. Like yours, Kiki, you know, they're probably missing sports. They're missing going to those social activities. All that minor. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, <laughs> sorry to say, the last 10 months has been kind of nice. Really nice. I mean, everything, you know, their therapies online. I mean, yes, I wish it was more in person, you know, because there's a lot we can't do. But I'm not like, okay, what time is it? Okay, three o'clock, we got to get to this therapy. And oh, we got to go here now. We got to. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm able to, as I say, have my own therapy with my kids of let's get messy, let's make pizzas, let's go play in the garden. Let's just, I mean, I've been able to enjoy my yeah. kids. Right. And I wish that everybody I hope I hope that parents are feeling um that we well, I'm not on the other side of it. Jo- Josiah is only six, but I do have the benefit of knowing Jordan and knowing Isaiah and being like, okay, yeah. okay, well, it doesn't have to mean what, what the diagnosis initially tells you. It's negative. Don't sit in it. Breathe through it, like Gabriella said. Cry if you ha- cry when you have to, and when often you have to feel those feelings, and just know that no one, even their, even though they're doctors, can tell you what the future looks like and what you would like your future to look like for your child until they're able to make some of those decisions on their own. Then just push, ask, ask the questions, and um, that's. That's what I would, that's what I would just encourage them. Be empowered, be empowered as the parent. Yes. Yes. Don't, I, like I said, nobody loves your child like you do. But on that, we're going to have Gabriella back for another session and another session and another session. We're going to talk about more things. We're talking about, they traveled. You guys did all kinds of things that was just, um, 
just not used to. And I want other teachers that were maybe like me or other people, not just teachers, because we need people at church, people at the park, all these, all the places. We need all the places to say, maybe they're just not um, afraid of a disability. Maybe they just didn't know. I I loved my students. I loved what I was doing. I was just, every time I would hear from you guys, I what? What do you mean you can't? What do you mean they're not going to a birthday party? Oh, we're going to change that. Wait a minute. What? What do you mean there's no swing? They can't go to the swings because there's no like yeah. potato swings if they're, well, we have to change that. I just mm-hmm. really didn't know. I didn't know. Um, and so I think that, and I feel like there's more people out there that just don't know. Um, and so once we bring it to their attention, then they will know and they maybe ask some more questions. Um on how they can help make inclusion um, more inclusive, not just the word, but put some action behind it. And it could just start with who in my kids' class, kid, kiddo might have a disability. Where are the kids if they're in a different setting, mild, moderate? And how can I connect? How can I connect with that to mom or dad? You know, I, well, you know, we said, oh, we'll probably think of all these different ideas and podcasts to do, but. You know, maybe one, you know, like you say, the one and only way to learn a lot of these things are hearing it from other parents and so forth, you know, like, no, you can go do that. Oh, hey, if you go here, they have a such program or here. Maybe we could do that on one of the things of, hey, these are some things that are out there for you to go to that are free. Hey, did you know? Hey, did you know that you can get? Hey, did you? Yeah, that's good. You know, you can go to Legoland and your child's therapist can go in for free. Right. Those those things. When it's yep. open. When, when it's open. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. To the that was a whole nother thing. Um, so I'm going to stop because we'll keep on talking. I appreciate <laughs> the time. No, we got choked up <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But these are hey, babies. My is still on. We're good. We're good. I didn't put on any makeup. Um, but these are our babies and we want, uh, the other parents out there to know that we are with you and to reach out, um, we'll find a way to, we're going we're to figure out how to get you in contact with Gabriella too. Um, but you're welcome to hit subscribe on the podcast and we'll have some more, um, episodes from diagnosis to daily living. So thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Oh yeah, one more thing. We would love to see you on our weekly Empowered Parent newsletter at MarkeishaHall.com. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.